0: Hello everyone, welcome back to The Dark House, podcast by Between the Benches. Uh, My name is Jimbo, joined by Connor, JJ, and Austin, and uh, this podcast is dedicated to covering the worst of the worst teams, Uh, and with that, the saddest and most pained fans in all of sports. Uh, Today we've got a special episode, uh, in episode two here, and we'll be covering the NHL trade deadline, which is occurring on Monday april 12th at 3 p.m eastern time so it's coming up in a couple days here and we want to cover uh what to expect coming up which teams are gonna be buyers which are gonna be sellers um, what key players we think will be on the move come monday so to start things off um what do you guys think about this deadline do we think it's going to be a hotter deadline is it going to be colder pretty quiet uh with COVID? um you know a draft picks going to be high up are we going to be low valued uh, what do you guys think?
1: Honestly, I don't think there's going to be a lot of movement in this deadline. There's a lot of factors on why there is, especially with like a quarantine for teams that want to trade in the Canadian markets. And th- this year is such a weird year. I feel like that a lot of teams may just sit pat, you know.
2: I I completely agree with Connor. Uh, I think it's going to be a more quiet one. Uh, I think when we look at the just the scouting we have on a lot of the draft picks this year because of the pandemic a lot of junior teams didn't end up playing or ended up playing later so i think a lot of teams are going to be scared trading for draft picks where when they don't really know what they're going to get
3: i'm going to have to disagree with both connor and jj on that one i do know that they're not going to be as many draft picks this time around and the trade deadline is always quieter than we think it's going to be however This is still a year of hockey. Granted, it's a COVID year, but a lot of guys are having their windows closed. A lot of teams are running out of time to make their final cup push. And I think GMs are feeling the pressure, you know, teams like Boston and Washington. And so while I don't think draft picks are going to go, we're going to see a lot of player trades, a lot of prospects who teams have kind of soured on this past year get moved around. I could see that, but
1: I I still think that when you have seven teams out of the 31 almost a quarter of the league unable to trade with the rest without ba- major risks of like quarantining and not being able to get those players in in time to, you know, use them. It's going to be a weird deadline. I feel like feels like it's going to be mostly just American teams with Canadian teams being given the short stick.
0: Well, okay, so talking about draft picks, you know, a lot of you guys were saying that you don't think there's going to be many traded with the uncertainty but you know just to play devil's advocate what about the opposite you know this is a this is a draft coming up where there hasn't been a whole lot of of hockey played you know in the lower league so um the whole ranking of prospects and upcoming draft year class is a little unknown so maybe you know would this not be the year to trade your first overall pick and maybe you can snag someone in the second third round later on that in a previous year you think maybe would have gone in the top round
2: um, I just think that like, I it's definitely a gambling game. So it's definitely on each GM to see if they want to take that risk. Um, with budgets locked at what they are, and I just think it's going to be hard enough in general trading players, we'll probably see some teams go for it. And maybe they'll get lucky, or maybe they'll have the infamous Boston Bruins three draft picks that were brutal when there was Kyle Connor and all these other great players around him. So we probably will see a lot of boom uh, draft picks and a lot of busts this year i just don't see financially and with the risk involved that many teams going all out when they don't know for certain because it's hard drafting normally
0: totally and who so who do we think is the biggest buyer who's the biggest buying team in the league you know that would possibly be willing to take that risk easily the
3: islanders hmm. I... easily you think so how come lou Lamro does not give a damn he will throw anything out there's talks <laughs> that he's still interested in Taylor Hall and he just got Palmieri. Like, this dude does not give a crap. And he's already right, traded his first. The, he already gave his first well, up, exactly. Like, he doesn't care. Like, apparently the, the market space? was saying, like, ooh, it can't be good. It's it's going to be tight. But I know, like, the, everyone's saying that track. draft picks are super valuable, not even because of, like, this being a good draft or an unknown, but just because with the flap cap for the next four years, like, signing league men guys are going to be huge. So your draft picks are going to go through the roof, and Lou Lameron just does not give a crap. Like, this man is unfazed. He will go first for Palmieri. No no question. They that.
2: have zero cap space at the current moment. No <laughs>
3: cap. I know Anders Lee's on LTIR, <laughs> which helps, but they really don't care. Well, yeah.
1: funny you mentioned the draft picks again. I, I think this year actually we'll probably see more likely for draft picks. The years after, probably not. But like JJ had mentioned, we'll see those guys, like, a lot of guys are not probably not going to be scouting or playing. So this year could be seen as like, well, kind of we a don't write really off. know so much. Mm-hmm. Kind of a write-off for this draft. Let's use those picks to as much of an advantage as we can. And that's what Lula and Morella did. I feel like there's going to be other teams that are going to fall no, to probably Colorado. Agree. I don't
3: know. I think it's yeah, too I mean, much of a risk. Like, it, like the teams
1: that – oh, sorry. Go ahead, Austin.
3: Awesome. It's an unknown draft, but there's still a lot of good kids in this, and drafts are at a period right now, right? You don't want to give up, especially like you don't know enough about these kids to be just willy-nilly throwing it. I think all the good teams aren't going to be throwing away their draft picks, the ones with good scouts and whatnot.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, it, especially when uh, like, not many teams are gonna that are like pretty close to going down or they're pretty close to making that decision of maybe we should start a rebuild or a retool. I just don't see those teams trading big names away when they don't know what they're going to get. And not like, not like a normal draft year where you don't know what pick you're going to get. I mean, you don't know a lot of the players that are eligible to be drafted. So I think just because those teams, that borderline going good or bad, are probably going to not make that decision. That's why I think there's going to be less trades. So we'll still see teams go for it, but I'm interested to see how it works for them, actually.
1: Arguably, I think one of the biggest teams that could to be a buyer at this trade deadline will be Florida. Florida is definitely kind of where the they were end. expecting to, and they definitely need a defense, especially after losing mm-hmm. to Aaron Ekblad. Like, You can't go into a deep playoff push when your number one defenseman is missing. Savard? Absolutely. Savard could work. Yeah, but... true. Just... At
2: home. <laughs> Anyone from Nashville, although they're now making the playoffs. So... Montour? A a lot tour of that Arizona team, guys you know? who make way too much money.
3: <laughs> the issue with this year's uh trade deadline too which might uh, you know halt the process is there's a lot of buyers like I said, but who's actually willing to admit that they're sellers this year?
0: Like well, not Buffalo's the flames. a seller. They're not going to But the blow Flames aren't.
3: Nope, the no. Flames won't. Arizona um, can't. Arizona can't Even if they follow the can't.
4: Hmm.
3: Most of the so, bottom teams okay. this year refuse to admit that they're sellers. Saint Louis, like three. three.
1: See, I th- I think teams may not be like sellers in the standard sense, like how we have seen in years past, where they're like, fuck it, everything out the window. I think this year, instead, you'll see like Calgary won't admit it, but they'll get rid of some UFAs, at least the ones that they think they're they're going to move on from. So guys like potentially David Riddick, Derek Ryan, they could probably be gone, and Calgary would be okay with taking draft picks or. Even an HL prospect for those guys.
2: Yeah, I guess. Uh, I guess every team probably um, will have UFAs that either have to go or you're getting nothing. So there's going to be moves. Uh, I'm guessing though it's going to be a lot more. Uh, I think Austin was saying this earlier, like veteran for veteran swaps or just retools or prospects they've gone sour on. I just don't see big names. I think it's going to be a little boring. And but yeah, uh, how many teams have admitted their sellers? That is a that is a great point.
3: I think besides Buffalo, who's, they didn't even say it, but they're listening on offers. I think Chicago is the only team recently that came out and said, we're in a rebuild. Everyone and yet else they is keep either keep doing, or, you know, going through it, so.
2: Patrick Kane ain't on no rebuilding team, though. Mm-mm. Yeah, Patrick said Kane that. does
3: not allow rebuilds.
2: Neither starting. does Adam Fox, apparently.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Islanders are, not the Island the Rangers are supposedly supposed to be done their rebuild with... Lafreniere mm. and Kako, but they kinda of suck at developing guys. So I wonder I do wonder if they're gonna sell or try to be buyers and make that last playoff push.
2: Try to give away Capo or Laugh for a
1: superstar?
3: <laughs> maybe that, not laugh,
1: but yeah, Capo,
3: <laughs> I mean maybe, that could that be, be crazy.
1: Laugh. That could yeah. be crazy. Yeah, but there's no way you'd get any decent return with the amount of like points Capo Kako's put up. It, it's basically just wasting
3: a pick. I mean his defensive game has really rounded out this year though. Like he is a beast in his own end and he's yeah, helping the team, he's, right? He's yeah, but his, his
2: offense is just like then they'll probably just keep him. Makes more sense that way then. Yeah,
3: like it, it sometimes it takes kids a while to turn it around.
2: So that again that's why I think it's going to be a small year. I mean I just don't see much happening. Usually even up in like around this point in time a couple days before the draft when we're recording, we hear a lot of rumors or we're like, we we, we pretty much know some trades that are going to happen and then they just happen uh, right now. I, I don't know m- much about anything. I don't, it seems pretty much closed off. The list is a lot of just UFAs and a lot of them you're like, well, I don't think they will move. So, yeah.
1: Fair. It's but really, I mean, yeah. we also have to consider like the, the Seattle expansion draft is also coming too. So oh, that could be point. another reason why guys might want to be trading, Whoa. is because, for instance, like I'll use Calgary again for an example. If you don't trade a guy either like Backlund or Bennett, or a guy on the back end, you're gonna to have to leave one of your like favorite or better players exposed. Chris Tanev, Sam Bennett, those are all gonna hurt a team. So, there could be a lot of trades to prevent stuff like that.
0: Well, and Seattle's looking for a lot of draft picks, right? If you want to protect your player but not actually protect them, you know, there's a high asking price um, if you want to have them not take your, your good players that are left unprotected. So, um, I guess that's probably, the, in my mind, the biggest reason why GMs will be hesitant to trade any uh, both this year picks and future picks um, at the deadline because they, they'll likely want to save them for. Uh, Seattle. It's a
2: double-edged sword too. Um, Some teams need to trade players so that they can protect others. Some teams already have their core that they can protect. So we might not see GMs trade for guys who even on long-term contracts because they're scared that they're just going to lose them or someone else uh, when Seattle takes their draft pick. So I think there might be a lot more teams or GMs waiting until the draft, uh, the NHL draft, when Seattle's there on the table waiting to hear trades before and that's when i think we're going to see a lot more big moves it's just safer that way uh,
3: the issue too you know connor brought up about losing someone good you have to protect guys with the no movement clause like -hmm. that's not optionary and a lot of teams just hand those out willy-nilly so a team like calgary i think yeah lucic has to be protective unless he waves it tanev has to be protected um i'm not sure if geo has one if he does he has to be protected oh my god all these guys need to be protected you don't have a choice so that brings me up to a question that I want to open to the panel. Nolan Patrick, does he get traded? I know that's kind of coming out of left field. Second overall pick a few years ago, but with the amount of no movement clause guys they have, they either have to let Limblom or Patrick go.
0: What's and his, Oscar Limblom's uh, been
3: really good. What's his cap hit? He's I think he's still on his rookie contract. That would be a great pick so up he'd for the He would be an RFA. I can look it up, but he would be an RFA. Um, He has been, I'm not even sure if he's played a lot this year. I know he's been hurt for most of it. And I know that last year he didn't play a lot, but Uh, you know, he's still young.
2: He is an RFA at the end of this year. It's the end of his uh, original contract. Or he might have signed a one year extension, actually. Uh, But he's actually played a lot of the games this year and just hasn't produced.
0: What's his points Uh, on the year been?
2: Uh, I'm, oh, it's not good. Let me. <laughs> I'm oh. pretty sure it's like two goals, and uh, let me just double check them before I say something mm. silly. Thirty-eight
3: He has uh, four goals and three assists, and he's a minus. Yeah, 18. four goals, three.
0: Ooh, and he, he's
2: on the. He's he's close to winning the masters if you look at the plus minus race in the NHL. Um, <laughs> so it's
0: well, not been compare, a good year for him.
3: When you compare him to Limblong, who signed for three more years at three million, Limblong is only twenty-four. In 33 games, Lindblom has 10 points, minus 10. So he's not having a great season either. But obviously, he's come back from a very difficult injury. But nonetheless, you know, do they want to lose him to Seattle for nothing?
2: Yeah, that's that's going to be a gamble. Um, Because even if they sell him to a team, uh, the asking price—I know I said this a lot in the Buffalo uh, podcast—but his asking price is pretty much zero right now. Pennies on the dollar for sure. So they have to make that decision. Um, actually, he, isn't he exempt? Because uh, he's still in his original contract from the draft. No, no, he's an RFA. No, he's so... exposed. Mm, okay, then, 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 as Philly, he's definitely not on the protecting list. So you're probably gonna have to try to trade a big contract who hasn't been playing well to uh, Seattle, then, or to some other team. Because I would, I would give him more chance, uh, like another chance. Uh, injuries have completely derailed him. This year has been a weird year for lots of players. I think if you're Philly, it's definitely worth one more shot before they you make a move on They could just give
0: him. Seattle, you know... I don't know what Seattle will want to not take him, you know, what kind of picks, but they could try that in too. You don't think so?
3: I don't know. I'm looking at who they have to protect, and is Nolan Patrick worth giving up picks for? Like, I don't even know if Seattle will be interested in him. I know that they've assembled, like, the mega analytics team over there, like, better than... Tampa Bay's, and I know Patrick's kind of been struggling in the analytical department, but I think just the fear, and almost like I don't think they're going to sell him for like an established player, but we could almost see what Winnipeg and Columbus did, where we could see two struggling prospects, you know, switch for each other to give each other new scenery.
1: Yeah, but like then we also get back into that question: what team has a struggling prospect? that they would be willing to part with for Nolan Patrick, a guy who, again, has had, like, concussion issues.
2: I was going to jokingly say Sam Bennett. But... <laughs> I was thinking that, too. I was just
0: about to say <laughs> Sam Bennett for
2: Nolan Patrick?
0: That, I don't know. One
2: for one? There, There's no, no way. Like, no Bennett can way. just get like... stuck at the border. <laughs> like, yeah, Sam Bennett's okay, a playoff. No, Flames God, would have but, like,
0: to like, throw in, like, yeah, they would have to throw in a little bit something else to sweeten that deal, but
1: Dude, whoever the GM of Philadelphia would, is right now would be dragged out of his office and beaten and shot. Hear me out for making that trade.
2: Hear me out. Casey Middlestad, Sam Bennett, one for one. Whoever does the most no, pull-ups no by chance. the end wins. Whoever does the most pull-ups wins. This is the contest of the zero pull-up kids in their draft combine. So
3: I think it'd be uh, great. Sam Bennett or Manju Pani, whoever has the worst hairline gets traded. <sighs> Dude, Sam Bennett literally <laughs> oh. has no hair. He oh, did he shave? That's right, he shaved his head. Yeah, he just he got doesn't rid of have any. So he Post wins. So honestly, <laughs>
2: can't have a bad hairline. Wins.
3: Honestly, Save Sam that. Bennett, Dylan Dubey for Nolan Patrick. Who says no?
0: No, uh, I say no. I like. <laughs> I still say think no? Dylan Dubey has like Dubey was sweet, man. Like in his junior, like he is. I don't know. I think he still has such high potential. He I think who no else really good in his uh,
3: junior. You know who is was no, a really good junior player? Uh, Nolan <laughs> Patrick, yeah.
2: <laughs> Dylan Strom as well. Yeah, Dylan Strom uh, as well. I, mean,
1: I think it's tough to just go and be like, okay, yeah, well, making a trade, especially for a team like Calgary or Philadelphia right now, because when you think about like their expectations, they were sky high. These were supposed to be teams top two, top three in the divisions by their own expectations. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they're out of the playoffs... It feels like they're going to be hesitant to make a deal now. They'll they'll ride it out, and see what they can do in the off season.
3: Here's the and issue. Maybe watch for better like, luck next year. Why I'm pushing Philly so hard is when you look at their core: Claude Giroux, thirty three, two more years at eight point two seven five million; Voracek, thirty one, four more years at eight point two five million. Yikes! Uh, Kevin Hayes, twenty eight; Van Riemsdyk, thirty one. Like this is an older core. Can, uh, Couturier, twenty-eight. Like I think they, you know, they got a lot of good young pieces: Provorov, Sanheim, Konechny, Limblom. But to win a cup with this court, they have to do something this deadline.
2: Yeah, I guess you could feel the the GM could feel the pressure of his job. I know the coach does, I know Vigneault does over there. Um, that that's a good point, though. There could be teams that feel this is the last, like this is their last chance. A Stanley Cup's a Stanley Cup. I mean no tampa bay fans gonna (laughs) say that it didn't feel great winning it didn't feel the same um so yeah you might be right there where teams that almost feel the coals (laughs) from the the hot fire under them they might make moves but it's
1: gonna be hard i'm
2: interested i'm very excited
1: but then you'd also have to think about like is philadelphia in a spot where they can push with the remaining games for that playoff spot if they bring in someone cuz they still got to take
0: Boston mind. right they're not even in playoff spot right now
1: Boston has two games in hand and is 6 points up
0: and they're behind the Rangers too and and so they have a game the Flyers hand have heart yeah.
2: <laughs> true and well they are on a two game losing
3: streak right now so uh, the crazy thing about can that change division but... too is um i th- i haven't looked in a while but i believe the two teams that are out of a playoff spot still have a winning record like it's such a strong division. It's just that um, you know you have to be better than the best. Yeah.
2: No, yeah, it is absolutely um, not. If you don't, if you take OT losses, no, but it's pretty darn close. They're all they all have very respectable records. So this is definitely the division of death. I mean, when you look at some of the other divisions, especially the Canadian one, and you go, oh, <laughs> it's definitely the have and have-nots in this division for sure. Hundred percent. And I mean, that's good. I guess that that's a discussion. I guess we'll talk more about that on the Flames if we do a doghouse video about them. But it's coming up. they've alert. played more games than the Canucks, who haven't been playing because oh, of the virus, man. and they're still tied on points with them. And I believe, yeah, when they started that four-game losing streak, they had a game in hand
0: on the Canucks. They had so We're many games in hand, streak. man. Like, yeah, it's just embarrassing. It is the
1: really issue embarrassing. With the flames Going back is, just um... to the trade market, I, I don't think. Um... I I actually wonder about a team like Columbus. What do you do with a guy like P- Patrick Lane? Do you double down on your coach Tortorella, or do you look to retool and maybe like trade him away? Because because they could yeah. probably protect him this year,
0: but I know I was this thinking about that too. Because to like it, it definitely came into my mind. Like I could, I was thinking about him being as a candidate right for the trade deadline, but he's an RFA, so I don't. There's no immediate rush. I don't think on that arguably i think a team that's going to
1: be big buyers would be st louis they are absolutely three points out and they're one they have a game in hand on that team
2: uh the coyotes uh here's the problem with that though uh they have no cap space and they have a bunch of ufas of their own getting paid a lot of money who are underperforming uh hoffman schwartz tyler bozak so if they make a move they're gonna have to give a bad contract back so that team's automatically gonna have to have money and they're probably gonna have to give a draft pick or two <laughs> to give back that bad contract but yeah i mean they just won so they might still be in that we're the champions mindset so they might absolutely make a push
3: i mean they're yeah, not I that far out from Angelo their cup right win. now though
2: <laughs> oh man
3: they're definitely not that far out from their cup win either like i can definitely see them you know, maybe making a move. The issue is they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. Like, they're refusing to play Vince Dunn the minutes he requires, and Vince Dunn's an amazing, good young defenseman, right? Mm -hmm. Tarasenko's just fallen off a cliff with all his shoulder injuries, and they refuse to acknowledge it. They keep playing Kairu, not enough minutes as well. So I think how reliant their GM is on older guys, I think he's going to make a move, and he's, he's shown he's willing to pay a lot to get the guy he wants. You know, he paid a lot for Scandella. So, you know, who they go after, though, that's the question. You know, maybe they circle back on Taylor Hall. Maybe they try to go for some other, you know, top six Ford who'd be available. I'm not going to say any names, but Monahan
0: would be a good candidate. But, <laughs> you not know, there's trade definitely low the moves. You don't think Especially Monahan's going to go? Tree, Tree Living's not a deadline guy, man. He's, he does all this dealing in the summer. He's never been think a deadline guy. He feels guy. the
3: pressure on his seat right now.
0: 100 percent, he oh. does. Like he—he he is in. The, he is absolutely went in the to the house. owners
3: and was like, "Please give me money in this pandemic year. I need Tanen and Markstrom. Please, please, please. We're gonna win the cup." And he's looking at the standings, and he's not gonna get rid of somebody. There's gonna what be who's he gonna take back?
2: Who's he gonna take back from St. Louis? That would be fair.
1: The Big
3: not sun. just fair, but Put like them on the table. <laughs>
0: I mean, yeah, he, yeah but like it he doesn't really solve center. the issue.
1: Yeah you, yeah, you run into a center depth issue in Calgary
3: really quickly. And Monahan is your first line center. That is a bigger center depth issue than trading him away. Oh, 100. Well, that's second that's, line actually. You know what? That's a whole different if he's conversation. A, if he's a top three center. That's an issue. That is he's literally been a hot whole garbage here. He's uh, been
0: hot scorer,
3: garbage though. this
1: year, but he's been really great for like most of his career. Like I said, this is a pandemic year with weird, wonky divisions. I. It's tough to really hold players accountable to their stat lines this year. And that is true, know,
3: but Monhan's playing in the easiest division in the year.
0: You know, uh, you're talking about the Flames and Tree Living, and you know if they're going to trade anyone at the deadline. Also, there's a, there's a disconnect between what Tree Living think is ha- thinks is happening this season and potentially what is actually happening, uh, because Tree Living thinks that this is essentially. A year of underperforming players right like basically everyone in their top six is under underperforming and he's kind of um essentially blaming me on that um whereas the case could be it's actually just the fact that and what i personally think is that the core just isn't good enough you don't have good enough players Uh, but that's not tree living's view and so he feels no rush to um fix that because he just thinks you know it's just an off year for everyone I would I like think to we get should...
2: into that, but we should save the Flames. Yeah, we'll yeah, let's save the Flames stuff. For... <laughs> I think we all have a lot of things we'd like to say about the Flames. <laughs> um, just back to St. Louis, though. They only have four guys on their team with more than 10 goals. So this is a goal-scoring problem. They have guys like Mike Hoffman and Schwartz under. I know Mike Hoffman has nine, but he's been a healthy scratch as of late and doesn't have many points in general for a guy who's mainly there to be offensive so they need they're going to need a goal score. So, so they got to look out for a goal score if they want to make that push. Um they'll definitely help them against like teams like the Coyotes that play defensive and who's don't score goal <laughs>
0: scores right now. Like this whole a Buffalo. goal scorer because I mean like yeah, he two is, goals on the year. sniper. Their,
3: their, highest scorers, yeah.
0: their highest goal scorers.
2: Their highest goal scoring in St. Louis has 13 goals. And that's Perron and Ryan O'Reilly. They're tied. But that's not a lot. Like well, I remember when the Coyotes were brutal uh, a couple years ago and it was like it was this crazy thing that oh my gosh none of the Cody's players have made 20 goals none of them had 20 goals well St. Louis right now (laughs) their top has 13 and when you're relying on Ryan O'Reilly who's mostly a playmaker to be your top goal scorer that's a problem so they they might actually have to make a move the more I look into St. Louis but the issue is how Um,
3: let me let me field uh, a little mock trade and I want to see how this gets received Vince Dunn A first round pick and like a conditional like mid pick, like third or fourth, like whatever you want for Victor Olofsson.
1: That's an overpayment, I think. I think it's a very big overpayment for Olofsson. Like, he's been good in Buffalo, but five on five statistically, he's been
4: absolutely
1: brutal. And not to mention that young defenseman that can play well in the NHL is way more valuable than a sky on the wing who can only play power play really
3: but here's it's... the thing to you we've like we all hear value Stone. we know how good of a player he is however we already know st louis has soured on him he's been scratched this year he's not going to get protected at the uh expansion because they got to protect perrieko i think they have to protect falk right so he's going to be gone anyways Whereas if you can get a guy who can pot you 20, 30 goals a year, easy. No questions asked. Is that an, and he's young and he's an RFA. Arguably,
1: I think a better trade than um of Sin would be to shift you to Columbus. Patrick Lane and Vince Dunn maybe throw in then a, a second round of pick. That is a trade I see is way more realistic than an overpayment from St. Louis to Buffalo.
3: I don't. I don't see that for the sole reason that the Columbus GM loves Patrick Laine, like We're he came out and it? said he was the guy I wanted. They're both Finnish, yeah. I think he was the GM of the Finnish national team when uh, Laine played on it, but like he wanted him in the draft in the 2016 draft, he didn't get him, and he did everything he could to finally get the guy he wanted. He is not going to give him up for anything.
2: I think it's more realistic for Columbus to just get a new coach, honestly. Um, I'm going to compare it to soccer and football with Jose Mourinho, um, but he always would come in, manage a team, be really successful. But then after a couple years, the players, he gets on the players and they fall apart. I think Tortorella is that similar style coach where he seems to find success, but only for a certain amount of time. And then the team starts to turn on him. Um, We can debate all we want about Lane's personality, especially back in uh, with the Jets, and maybe that's why he got traded. But I just think Tortorella is a coach that gets on the wrong end of guys and it's going to force more guys out. So I think it would just be a better play for them to let him go at the end of the year and get a new coach for next year and try again. But uh, those are good trade options. Uh, I do think Olafson is an overpayment, though. A first, it went for a power play specialist, I don't know. I think it's just too much.
3: His first goes much. for Kyle Palmieri, who's a 20-goal scorer but is 30. How much do you think a first will go for a 24-year-old who's an RFA?
2: Uh, he also only has 11 goals this year, though. So a bit of a difference when I know he's younger and has more potential, but he's basically always been just mainly on the power play. I'm going to say a power play merchant uh, <laughs> just to talk him down a little bit here. It seems like he's getting all his success on the power play from his one-timer, which is fantastic. I'm, I'm sure that will help lots of teams. I just don't see him as a top-six fix on five-on-five on five hockey that will help st louis make it
1: oh absolutely not there's no way a guy who can only play that power play and produce on the power play is a fix for a team that needs to basically make a push for the stanley cup it's a it's a working project for a team that is going to be making a push in a year or two not a team that's desperate
3: how many goals did you say uh a loss
2: uh, he had eleven goals and twelve assists. I'm pretty sure. And uh,
3: let me. Sorry, I had it. Okay, because Palmieri only has eight, and he's thirty-one.
2: <laughs> well, well, I'm gonna revert back to your statements about Lou Amorello. He just don't care. He do he it. Lou Amorello does do not it. care. Um, but yeah, twelve of those points are on the power play. So how many? goals much on half the power of those points. I. I would have to look into that stat. It does not say so
0: <laughs> let me find out. And the Palmieri trade from what I saw on social media and stuff in the comments, it was pretty well received by Islanders fans. Um, Seems like they're pretty happy with it. And um, with the, and I think a lot of it went to back to um, the draft just being so unknown this year and, you know, potentially being a bit of a, a you know, throwaway. So um Potentially this could be a good year to give away a first. You know, it's not maybe a first isn't as valuable um as it would be, right, in other years. So
3: I think uh, the uh, the mix
0: uh, between sorry, Barry six Trotz goals, awesome. Six goals. okay.
3: The mix between Barry Trotts and Lou who really don't like old guys. Uh not old guys, young guys. They don't play their young guys, they don't ever start them. You know, them giving away a first in them is like it's nothing. Like we're giving away a guy we weren't gonna play for four or five years. When we're trying to win a cup now, right? And the weird thing in the island is there's almost this, like, cult-like personality ever since uh, Tavares left. Where, you know, they found this great success with this hard-working team. And so all the fans are like, Lou Lamorello can do no wrong. Like, this man we have full faith in. And to be fair, he's gotten great results for his time being there. I
2: personally think he just made the trade so that he could make all the facial hair disappear. I think he just thought there was too much facial hair in New Jersey and had to get rid of it. That's all I have to say.
1: I, okay, I mean, so then... if that's the case, then he's looking at San Jose. Right? <laughs> yeah, at I was
2: Burns. about to say, how so much San Jose in... to turn into the Islanders. Yeah.
3: Do the Islanders sign Joe Thorne for a, for a one-month contract just to make him shave?
2: <laughs> a, day, a day contract.
1: <laughs> a day. <laughs> Dude, there's the no way takes. Toronto's going to let that go. Any homeboy um, from Toronto... The Leafs are gonna hold on. Yeah,
2: they're staying. They're staying home to win a cup.
1: <laughs> they, they will always be at home in Toronto, no matter that what.
2: That hurts
3: Even if say. they're
1: from Arizona, and they
2: will
3: go so back going, there one day. Um, going forward, I do want to bring in, you know, some. There's been a lot of like insider talk about you know potential trades. So I went to a page that has a lot of you know insiders, and the the newest article that just got posted um, from insider Stefan Rosner. So. You know, if you trust him, take this out as much you want. Apparently that the Islanders and the Sabres had a trade in place to send Taylor Hall to New York. But the Devils added uh, Zajac with Palmieri to swing the pot enough for them to take mm. that instead. I'd believe so it. it. So uh, apparently Hall, uh, you know, he's a lot closer to being moved. Um, but it looks like they were going to get the first that they wanted for him.
1: Yeah, but Ooh. my question is now who is left yeah. for Hull? Like the Islanders had a very strong need there. Now they, now they Bo- don't, and most teams don't.
2: Boston. That just sounds unfortunate for Buffalo, actually. <laughs>
3: Boston. <laughs> if anything. I, I was about to say, yeah, great, great point, Jimbo. I think Boston is going to because besides their top line of Marchand, um, you know, Pasternak and Bergeron, who produces on that team?
1: Yeah, their
2: depth is pretty bad
1: on that team. <laughs> yeah, but is depth worth eight million dollars per
0: year? Well, oh the, the no, the they retain. retained. They can retain.
2: Although the have to do half. We just talked about how cheap the the owners are, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see if, that, if they make the right. Uh, but it's it's
1: for the one year though, right? You yeah. say
3: that we retained on Stall, right? So we've already yeah, retained well, on Stall only... isn't four million.
0: They've already paid most of his salary at this point. Mm, then yeah. they might as well yeah, It's, then they it's they just as a, as a well. paper
3: move Yeah, I do think Boston would be a team willing to give enough I, I forget the name of the guy He was an old Rangers player you're Literally on the back end of his career And they threw a stupid amount at him To get him in the trade deadline a couple of years ago If you guys remember they gave like a first, oh, uh, a prospect. Uh, Rick Nash.
2: Rick Nash. Rick
3: Nash. Yeah. Rick, Nash. Rick Nash. So the bo- the Boston I had Bruins the Rangers here. I had to. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're the ty- type of guys to just go full for it. So I could see a trade like a first round pick and like John Beecher for Taylor Hall. I think that'd be uh, a know, very realistic trade. I,
2: I can see it when I watch Taylor Hall in Arizona for the short amount of time he was there. He is a, a, more physical than then I think people imagine him. They just imagine him as this all-out goal scorer. But when I watched him play in Arizona, he would—he was not afraid to throw the body. And that's something Boston, that's basically Boston <laughs> in, in general. To some Boston up quickly? It's being physical and tough. So that could be another fit. If they get him with a good player and get him scoring like he used to and he's physical for them in the playoffs, that's a huge win for Boston.
1: Huge Arguably win. what teams could do as well is propose like a three-way deal where one team will basically take on huge cap hits to ba- to help out another team, basically brokering that deal. Mm-hmm. And just looking at teams that could potentially do this, I would say probably the Chicago Blackhawks are the best one for it. Chicago's they actively said they are rebuilding, and currently their current cap space is 20 million because of LTIR. <laughs> yeah.
3: I was actually going to bring that up because the reason why I have the Chicago jersey is according to um, a bunch of people in the organization, they said they're going to weaponize their cap, so they called Mm -hmm. Toronto and said if Toronto wants to make the trade, call them first and they will take cap from them.
2: I, I i'm just gonna be crazy here patrick Kane to toronto then i i know there's like no possible way, no way. Of that ever happening cap wise i just i just Zero. i can just see i can see my tsn my sports <laughs> four thousand posts in a row Kane i have seen a lot
3: i have seen a Canada. lot of TSN posts about it so i don't want to ask do you guys think hallmark's gonna go to toronto
0: i don't think so there's no way no way, minute, no way. The, Buffalo would
1: be the that would be the dumbest move Buffalo could make. Yeah. There, there should be three guys that are untouchable on that team: Jack Eichel, number one, two, um, Dalene, and then we got three Olmark.
0: I don't think Toronto really needs him either, right? Like, I, I don't, think yeah, they'd be overpaying.
3: Uh, They're Scared, they're very scared to get uh, to lose Anderson. So apparently, well, according yeah. to insiders, the Sabers would want Freddie Anderson going back the other way. And they're waiting to hear word yeah. on his injury. That's Wait, mm, that, it is, is, cool. yeah, that it is better. Is, better wow. Make
2: sure you can re-sign him first, then. Uh, same yeah. thing with. I also Toronto, think that's though, a cause bad trade because you're in the same division usually. Like this year, you're not in the same division, but usually so, you're in the same division. So Anderson, I think that'd be a bad trade long term for Buffalo. Anderson's a UFA too.
3: Anderson and Allmark are both UFAs at the end of this hmm. year. I yeah. think
2: if you're Toronto, you might as well just rock out what you have now. I mean, Campbell just set the record. Uh, he's playing really well. Is that going to continue for the rest of the year and into the playoffs? We don't know. But yeah, they, but it's more they like... have they have Anderson on the sideline already, who's all who's been a proven good goalie for them at times. I know the fan base hates him, but
1: but Anderson's currently on the sideline not because of his play; it's because of his injury. It's right now it's Hutchinson who's the other option. Would you feel fine going against the Winnipeg Jets in a playoff series with Hutchinson in that if Campbell got injured?
2: No, but I think, Absolutely I, think not. I think Anderson will be back by then. And You also got to keep in mind, you also keep uh, mind you how many times did they play goals. Calgary?
3: Like How many uh, more times does Toronto play Calgary?
1: Uh, I think three or four more times.
3: That is three or four more possible chances that Kachuk will try to knee Campbell in the head. And you can be out of starting
0: time.
2: True. Hey, make a sa- make a trade for Big Save Dave, and then put him in the Toronto net just for the I Calgary game. I was
0: just gonna say, um, Big Save Dave. He's on the market right too. Like, for, I, I think for sure he'll get traded.
2: Say no more. Holt really? Beast. Holt Beast. I, I, so I, I th-
0: Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. Absolutely,
1: Colorado. Like yeah. gruber has been amazing, but if Francois is, or whatever his name is is Stout. out, and he is. You need a backup goaltender, and they they even made a big move, to, or they did make a move to try to take one of Buffalo's goldies. It hasn't panned out. They need a backup goaltender.
2: It's so cheap. does Tampa, actually. I'm pretty sure Vasileski has pretty much all of their wins. I'm just going to fact-check
1: myself on that. Not to mention this cap move. It's, like, it's cheap. It's affordable. Calgary wouldn't need to be eating any contract. Colorado could afford it. And they would still have cap space. And Big
0: Save Dave is not gonna. Re- you got to think he's not gonna re-sign in Calgary. You know, he's a UFA. I think he's, he's got been no chance out of, of the being town. A number one. He's got no chance of being number one now with Markstrom. No chance.
3: Zero. No support from the fans. No support from the management. The team lets him down every time he plays in that. Like I think he's a gone. gone oh, he got, uh, Yeah. Yeah. He got uh,
2: done there, has won every single game for the Tampa Bay Lightning except for three
1: this year. Tampa could be the for a backup goaltender
3: too. Are they going to pay the price that Riddick is going to command, though?
2: I, I I'm not saying it has to be Riddick. I'm just saying I think they could you look for a backup will goalie.
3: They command
0: a big price. I don't I know. Don't think I think Trey yeah. Living's
3: going to want a lot for him.
0: Mm, he's not going to get that much for him. But like he's going to, it's either you get a little bit for him, but you get nothing when he walks. So
3: that's the I always think goalies are going to command more than they do. Like what was it? Laner got traded last year's deadline for a second round pick. Yeah, I was for really winning cool. the, the Jennings. It's because goalies are so Jennings, hot and cold.
2: It's because like... they're so hot and cold, and it's it's always scary when you see teams throw money long term at goalies. Oh, and how many yeah. times
0: have you seen Calgary go out and get a you know a, a pretty good goalie, and then you know they just never works <laughs> out. So. And then
2: they're good somewhere else. How does that yeah. happen? <laughs> goalies All are right. so weird. Well, we can... like Darcy Kemper. He was brutal yeah. until L.A. had a. Good season in LA when they were bad. Had an OK season in Arizona, and now all of a sudden it's like he's an untouchable. He's not going anywhere. Plus, there's
3: like there's five goalies in the league. I would say five goalies who can steal a game for you. Other goalies will give you great games, but it is the team that decides who wins. Right. Absolutely. So I don't but, think Riddick is one of those five.
1: He's definitely not one of it's those on the five. Debate. But the guys that are on the trade market for goaltenders it's tough to find a better goaltending option than riddick you got guys like chris Driver from florida I'm not sure if florida's too keen to move on to him he's basically their starter right now um elvis Molinskins <laughs> maybe
2: like i think not Cor- the there's not a lot of other not the way corpy's been playing i don't think so yeah i
3: think corpy's the one gone as much as i hate to say it um yeah, Merzelkins has been playing for that hey, starter role.
2: Arizona has three good goalies, Aiden Hill, Antti Ranta, and Darcy Kemper. You could see Ranta at 50% for one year. He's a UFA at the end.
3: So you as our Arizona expert, at the start <laughs> of the year, Armstrong said he was, he didn't come out and say it, but it was very heavily implied he was trying to look to trade Kemper to recoup the assets they lost for cheating. Mm-hmm. Do you think he still feels that way this deadline, or do you think he's going to hold on to Kemper?
2: Uh, well, I just think cheating is such a funny word to use there. I mean, it was a total misunderstanding, and uh, obviously Chayka had meant nothing wrong uh, when he did all those bad things. Uh, but I I bet you he tried, and I don't think many teams would have been willing to pay for Kemper because in Arizona he is the team. I mean, we saw it in the playoffs last year. I've seen it in countless games. He can save The team, he can save the game whenever he decides to. And even when the Coyotes lose, he'll have nights where he has more than 40 saves. So I think for what the Coyotes thought he was, compared to what other teams think he is, nothing was ever going to happen. I definitely think he tried, but uh, the Coyotes would have been asking way too much for him, and no team is going to be willing to pay that. Especially when they can just wait and get a backup goalie if they need one. Uh, Not many teams that are making a playoff push are desperate for a starter at the moment. So, but yeah, so I don't think I think they I think he would have tried, but I don't think anything uh, would have been close. Kind of like OEL, uh, just nothing came
3: there. Apparently, got really close with Boston, but they just couldn't figure out the numbers to get her done.
2: And that that's that's another thing too is Arizona's up against the cap, so if they're giving away Kemper and Ranta gets hurt all the time, so they're going to need a go- another goalie for sure if they make that trade. With Boston, who are they taking? I mean, well, they're 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 both old, is what I'm saying. They're good goalies in Boston, but they're both old, which is not really what Arizona needs. They kind of need a younger team. Just looking team.
0: at Boston here, and both of their active goalies right now are emergency loan goalies. Like, uh, uh, yeah, they're Rask both hurt. Rask is, is hurt. Um, yeah. So, what is the situation on them? Like, should they seriously That's be considering point, a in a a starter goalie? Like.
2: Maybe we see Kemper go now. After all,
0: because <laughs> I think Rice's um, situation is pretty unknown right now.
3: I know they're also scared of you know quarantining,
0: right? They want to get guys as quick as they can.
3: So let me. i gonna. It's gonna be nuts. I'm bringing it there, but blockbuster trade: Hall, Allmark, and Reinhardt for just whatever you can fit back from Boston.
0: I mean, it makes sense. O- 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 Mark and Hall like, both <laughs> no. make a lot of sense, but it really comes down to what is Boston willing to give up, right? Like, And what their cap, right? Like, they're probably pretty close to the cap. They got 1.5 million of space, so they've got to relieve some of that.
3: Yeah. So definitely Krejci would be coming back because Buffalo will take that contract. But then from there, you'd have to definitely work out the numbers
1: here's the thing buffalo's gm uh, kevin adams i believe he said recently that and this is according to like hockey executives and other gms that for what is on the table for reinhardt is basically another player that's 23 of a similar caliber to reinhardt and a lot of gms feel like okay why would they want to make that move so I don't think Reinhardt's is getting moved. You'd have to give some, basically a Reinhardt equivalent player back, and most teams would never do that.
3: Apparently, too, a lot of there was a lot of interest in Reinhardt um, two weeks ago, but he's been playing so well on a decimated Buffalo team, and like every game, he shows a lot of heart. That apparently, a lot of executives are like, "Oh, like Reinhardt has the reins for his RFA contract." They thought like before they could like get him and sign him long term cheap, but they're like, no, this dude's gonna ask for money. Uh,
2: I just so we, uh, don't, we don't want to risk it. I just uh, checked up on Rask. Apparently, he might play this weekend. They're not sure. Um, but the emergency goalie they have, uh, Jeremy Swaymans, played two games and won both of them with a point uh, nine four seven. So. Mm. Maybe they maybe they trust him for now. And actually, I'm going to check myself because I don't know if he actually has only played two games. That could but, be. But, you know, Rask oh, is yes.
0: also made a glass, right? Like, how often is he injured? Yeah, true. There's year, a lot you know.
2: of talk that this is he his last year. Name, sir. Really? Yeah, he almost he almost uh, stopped playing last year because uh, of yeah. COVID and family-related issues. Um, so and yeah. then
3: all the horrible things that yeah, Boston, Boston fans said to him. Like, I, I don't yeah. think he has love for the game anymore. And that's not trying to demean Rask, you know. He's played for a really long time. He's had a fantastic career, but he's really on the older side. He gets hurt a lot. At what point do you're like, you know, I'm hurting myself. I'm risking my family. I think it's just time I hang him up. I've made enough money.
0: Good point. He's 34, going on 35. He's so. won
3: his cup, right? He's not He's not like he hasn't won a cup yet.
2: <laughs> so um, true. So actually, both their emergency goalies, um, they've played a total of six games. So Swayman only has played two games, won both of them. Uh, Their other ones played four. He won uh, two of them, lost one, and lost one in OT. So with a point nine to 2 So Mm -hmm. I think Boston Mm -hmm. actually might be like, you know what? I think these guys got it if if they're needed. Uh, They seem to be playing well for now. Um, Yeah, And and especially if they think Rask is coming back this weekend, I don't think they will make a crazy move because they do
0: have goalies playing well at the moment. They're young, 22-23. So... It's pretty young. That's, that, really that, cool. that's
3: really young. That's a lot of pressure for, for a goal of two. Playoffs.
2: Yeah, but we've seen it in the past, haven't we? A few times where a goalie yeah. who hasn't played comes in and no one knows how to score on him. And sometimes Jordan that gets Binnington. to their head and then they just feel invincible. That but I even yeah. Matt Murray a little bit, right? The first year he mm-hmm. kind of came in Matt and Murray. took the ropes. I mean, that's twice in the last how many years? So, in so fact, impossible. Boston
3: were the ones that lost to Bennington. They know better than anyone. Yeah, maybe,
2: maybe, maybe this is a learning scenario for them, where they're like, you know what, we have these two goalies who are playing really well when they're up here, and no one knows anything about them, and we know a thing about that. So, time to learn from the past. Dang, Boston can, like, Boston is just always good. Like, no matter what happens to Boston, they just remain good. At least in my
3: lifetime. I, as much as I hate to say it, I do think uh, Taylor Hall is going to go to Boston. And I think this is the perfect scenario for him. Because, you know, that came out when um, Hall got drafted, like, you know, that a former Edmonton captain was like, you know, Hall and Everly. they party all the time. They don't have leadership. But, you know, ever since then, like everywhere Hall has gone, he has been the guy, you know, expected to be the leader when he's never gotten the chance to actually learn how to do that. And even you know coming to Buffalo this year, they're like, yeah, you know, Eichel's the captain, but you're a veteran now. We expect you to lead. So he's gonna go to a team that's either you know they got that great locker room presence. In Boston, you can say like 15 guys were the C there, right? They all work hard. They all buy in. So just to have that leadership pressure lifted from
2: home, yeah, he's not I gonna be the one guy. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. You know, let's just say he does get traded to Boston. Let's not get into any of the details. Let's just say he goes to Boston. What line would you put them on? I'm looking at the lines right now. Uh, right now, as of last game, Boston had Broad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, then Craig Smith on the first line, and then Paschenek on the second line, I'm guessing, just for to try to help out depth scoring uh, with Krejci and uh, Richie. So Richie is obviously the player you'd move down on that line. Uh, Paschenek, you might even move up again at some point, probably will. Um, but who, who do you put him with to really make that second line gel? Because if you put him with Pasternak, right, which is would be the second line right now, it's two very similar players. If you move Pasternak up, he doesn't have a lot of support. So I'm interested to hear what you guys think uh, they can do line-wise. I know Charlie Coyle's been really good in the past, but he just hasn't been playing well this year. Same with DeBrusque. And I'll hand it off to you guys.
3: I don't know. Taylor Hall and Pasternak sounds really sexy to me. <laughs> that it's sounds, a sexy idea. That sounds so sexy good. idea. But
2: I just think it'd be two players oh, who are both wow. just shoot first mentality on the same line. I think you'd want to keep them a bit spread I out. Can
3: be a playmaker though. Like, I he just knows don't know how to play that game.
2: I don't think he's as good as it though. I think he's better when he's the guy on the line.
3: And the issue is then is when you look at Boston on their right side, it's all goal scorers, right? Pasternak goal scorer, Craig Smith is a goal scorer. DeBrus mm-hmm. can be that goal scorer. And then when you get past that, it's just depth guys. So I he's mean, gonna have to be the playmaker in Boston to drive the lines.
2: I mean that that power play would be scary though. He would he fits perfectly on oh. the power play. Oh, on God, left wing it. too. On left wing too. He oh. fits perfectly. I just oh, don't. Oh, I hate I,
3: Boston. I would love
2: it. <laughs> it would be so nice, good. wouldn't it? It'd be an evil nice. But uh, yeah, I just I don't know where you'd put him on that team. I love the idea. I just think they would have to make another move as well uh, just to help out. Because he'll help a bit with depth. But uh, if you have to move Pasternak back up or they're just two similar players, who are you moving back down, right? So,
3: Does Colorado circle back on Hall?
2: Mm, is it even worth it?
3: Is it? Even... The final, because I remember before Hall signed with Buffalo, the final, it was, was yeah, it was avalanche. Um, there was four teams that were in on them. It was the Avalanche the canadians the bruins and the sabers that no one knew but uh the avalanche came really close they offered him one year at six point five million.
2: Oh, we all knew because he said he wanted to go to a winning franchise so we all just assumed buffalo right away i mean that was the first thing that went to all of our minds i should have I... talked about uh
3: last episode but there was a guy in the sabers before anything came on the sabers Reddit posted it at 3 a.m he went there's a private flight from Kingston to Buffalo. I Taylor that, yeah. Hall signing in Buffalo. We were like, "No, he is not." And then he signed. <laughs> just him. hilarious. Dude was an eagle eye, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Colorado—they have the means to do it. They have, you know, they're getting so cocky with their trades. They're so gutsy out there. I think they might just, you know, fuck it, do it. Let's get Taylor Hall in here. Depends on the pieces. only thing I
0: think. Go ahead, Connor. Sorry, I
1: was gonna say the only thing I see just with to- Colorado is just. That's not where your need is. That's like, what I yeah, was just Taylor gonna say. Is great, right? But like, they need a goaltender first, and they then do they can add tether. Taylor Hall. So
3: then we're back to my original suggestion: uh, Allmark, Hall, and Reinhardt to Colorado. Like they would have, have to man. give
2: up. They would have to. There's nothing they could even give Buffalo <sighs> that, that would nothing. even
0: entertain the idea. Exactly. Like that they don't trend. have enough pieces. I think to give up. Like, you know, realistically, you really gotta. Unless you got a, a ton of stuff to offer, like you really got to focus in on what your kind of one key thing is, right? So Colorado, obviously, that's goaltending. If you're the Jets, so you're looking for a defense. Um, Oilers, you're looking for a you know a depth guy. So um, I think to make a big trade like that, that would be insane, but not this year. There's no way.
1: Well, I I find it funny how we all said like Colorado doesn't have the pieces. They have way more weapons than any other team. It's more like they don't have the pieces to make that an even trade where they're not overpaying.
3: I mean, they have the most prospects to give out of any team. They could definitely make something like that work.
2: I just don't think it'd be worth it for them to get rid of those good prospects when their team's already good uh, and uh, the team's gelling in. The one move I could see is if they give Sod back to Buffalo because he, he's a UFA at the end of the year. So that might just be, sorry Sod, sucks for you. Um, but actually, he would make a million more than Hall if Buffalo retained 50% of his salary. So that there actually could be a move where Hall would fit in on the second line, and Saad would go back. I don't know what else you'd have to give for that. I know Hall's value isn't the greatest right now, but I could actually see that happening, and he fits on the line. And that power play would be even more scary than <laughs> than Boston's, so... Tell me yeah, how sexy. I kind of want to see it. I kind of want to see sexy yeah. it. Is. It's pretty I, I, sexy.
1: Okay, I could see maybe like a one-for-one one sod haul kind of deal, but that big blockbuster trade, there's no way that that's going to happen. Hold on, hold on. Like, hold 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 on, sod don't, for do don't one-for-one? For... No. <laughs> what? So, I mean, you might have to give him like a second, but... Oh yeah, he would. <laughs> that, that's about it. <laughs> yeah, he would. But that—that that is about the same ridiculous level as that. Allmark, Olsson, Reinhard, whatever trade you. No, that is way worse. That other one is way worse. Wait, no
3: way, man. You think
1: Colorado's going to give away prospects for that? No, prospects. Absolutely. We said this before. No, we said this before. <laughs> Prospects are so goddamn valuable for these next four years, given a flat cap. And Great how the hell is Colorado gonna benefit? They have five million dollars in cap space. They have to sign guys like Landeskog this off season, Kale McCarr, Philip Grubar? Where the hell is that money gonna come from? From a it flat might, cap.
3: It might just they, they be they a one year thing, thing with Hall. Hall. I don't they, think they you realize. I don't think you realize that Colorado is turning into the new Vegas, that they will find the money to get everybody. (laughs) True. Every year we're like, Vegas couldn't sign this guy. There's no way.
2: And then somehow they stay in Vegas. They go. There
3: there will be a will. You know, Nathan McKinnon already came out and he said, I'm taking a discount next contract. Like we have a thing in the stress room that we love and we're going to make it work. So I do believe these guys are going to take fat discounts this day.
1: Yeah, but a discount for like Nate McKinnon at this would be like $10 million. We could argue that he is worth $11, $12 million. He is one of the top three players in the world.
3: I'm calling it now. He's going to sign for less than $10 million. He's going to sign for a single digit when he signs. McKinnon? Yeah. Damn. That
1: would Yeah.
2: That would really help
1: Colorado. <laughs> I mean, even if he signs for a single digit, Landis Gogh is going to go up in... Per- like, they Landis going up in price, and the big one, Kale McCarr. The guy's making less than a million, and you have to sign him this offseason.
0: Yeah, you do. A lot of people think he's, like, the, the second or third best defense in the, in the league. And
1: he That is going to it's command big cap. If he, five million might not be enough in cap space. So, honestly, they're probably looking for a cheap okay, cap hit that they just don't just care it. about losing.
3: Uh, in, in terms of Kale McCarr, he is the best defenseman in the neutral zone defending, and he's one of the best stick handler defensemen. So I would say he's top three, honestly. But he's also an RFA, so they do have control there. But I, you know, I do think they're going to make a move for Hall. I think it's either going to be Colorado, St. Louis, or Boston who are going to be the teams that go in for him. Um. They no have Toronto.
2: seventeen point eight million coming off this year. That doesn't include players
0: they're going to want to try to resign.
3: You no. think? Uh, you think I mean, Toronto, James?
0: No, I, I don't. I was just, I was throwing <laughs> out to you. No, Toronto, you didn't include it on the list. I was kind of curious. Uh, everyone, no, everyone. everyone, no, we're not. T-N-A. Everyone we're not on sports that seems to think it's going to happen. So really, <laughs> what? Well, yeah, they've uh, been it yet? for months.
1: Who would have thunk it? Who would have
2: knew? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Everyone's going to Toronto, guys. As for every TSN insider. With I honestly money? love how
2: ridiculous it gets, though. I No, but that's what I love. I love how ridiculous it gets. I love how it's like, it's like, yep, Wayne Simmons going, Taylor Hall one for one. It's like, that doesn't even work. It doesn't even make sense. And they're like, this is going to happen. Just it wait. wouldn't be
1: Wayne Simmons. It'd be Joe Thornton. And to
2: yeah, true. And it and the cap would somehow magically fix itself. And to it be eight. honest, there's
0: all these articles about you know thinking that is going to go to Toronto, but I don't think Cole's what they need. You know, like they need defense. They need even maybe even depth guys. Like you don't need I'm looking Hull. at their
3: roster right now. Uh, so because William Nylander's in you know COVID protocol, so he's oh. not playing right now. So Matthews is playing with Hyman and Marner, which is what they usually do uh Tavares is playing with Alex Galchenyuk and Ilya Who's at the, uh they actually have been
2: a good line when it was Nylander Galchenyuk and Tavares so we'll see if Galchenyuk keeps it up and with his short amount of time he's been yeah, playing Galchenyuk well in Toronto have
1: kind of had a bit of a resurgence there in Toronto and you can't really be like oh yeah Hall's the issue COVID protocols 7 to 14 days that is gonna hit you again really quickly
3: I mean, Galchenyuk—he's playing pretty good. He was lighting up in the AHL for the Marlies, and you know he's looked solid for uh, their second line right now. But you cannot deny that Tavares—he's been kind of hurting ever since he hasn't gotten a chance to play with Marner again when they separated him from him. So it's adding a guy in quality, shit. I yeah, I honestly think they should reunite them. But you know, when you add a guy like Hall to play with Tavares, I think that'd be that'd be pretty lethal.
2: I can see the title now crazy buffalo fan demands that toronto trades for another all-star forward
3: frame frame i'm just i'm it. I'm really trying to get a job with tsn right now
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah so please tsn if you're listening Paul toronto that's all you need to know hire me
3: so this one i have a question for the two flames fans and this might make you guys be disgusted but i want you to take it reasonably sam bennett to
0: edmonton I'll let you take that on Connofist. <laughs> for what back, though?
1: <laughs> yeah, what back? Like, <laughs> like, what, like, what does Edmonton have that they could offer for a playoff warrior and depth <laughs> that they definitely <laughs>
2: A second yeah, a guy round will get draft like two pay. points in a year. No, that's get an on. overpayment for that, Sam That's Bain- an Sam overpayment,
3: Bennett. too, yeah. Maybe a nope. third. No,
1: nope, you need at least a second and maybe something else if you're trading it to your rival. Well, fourth they, you, fourth it's not line like,
2: right wing, and you think he's going to get a second round pick, and you're going, nope, on the any Flames' other perspective? team Sure,
1: any other team, sure. Well, but if you're if you're talking to your rival, that's like saying, oh yeah, uh, we're going to have a trade between Montreal and Boston. You're saying, and
2: it's that be if, bit... you're saying that as if the Canucks, Flames, and Oilers don't make trades all the time.
1: No, no, Flames. no, no. All can the Flames time. Flames don't
2: no, trade no, no. the Oilers
0: very much at all.
1: The, well, the they trade the
2: Canucks, or their second biggest rival, whatever
1: that means. Uh, Flames also don't trade. What happens between the Calgary Flames and the Vancouver Canucks is we just sign each other's players in the off season. That is <laughs> all that happens. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, that has no, something of that's uh, going on since the 80s. You're I'm right, thinking Connor, of like it'd, be so of it'd be so crazy.
3: It'd be so crazy to trade with your rival. Like, um, you know, New Jersey swinging the pot so the Islanders will take their players. That'd be insane I, if they did that to give their most tenured I, players.
1: But we're talking about very different. We're talking about uh, Canadian hockey, Canadian markets. Th- these are very d- die-hard fans and die-hard markets, and arguably those two teams hate each other the second most of any rivalry. The in
3: fans NHL. do, but does first, Ken Holland first...
2: care? Yeah, they they traded Lucic for James Neal. And the Oilers took cap on that deal. I'm sure and give up Sam a Bennett.
1: Yeah, I'm but that, sure. was, that was
2: that barb- was kind of BS. But, <laughs> but because of that, because the season ended, which is that was very harsh on Edmonton. But, that, but
1: but that is very much like that is players that are bad contracts, bad terms, just getting rid of it. Flames still see value in Sam Bennett, and that's the only reason why they don't make that trade. with the Like rival. unless
0: Oilers are severely overpaying for Sam Bennett, that's not going to happen. Yeah, I'm, it's good. Like,
1: they the Flames would probably take a third from Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, or Winnipeg for Sam Bennett. But for Edmonton, it'd have to be second in a player.
2: And uh, I just want to point out also, because just because we keep talking about Edmonton and Calgary, especially Sam Bennett, um, this isn't every other year as well. They, they, he's gonna have to quarantine if he gets traded to an American team. So it's more likely that he gets traded to a Canadian team, if anything. <laughs> it won't be Ottawa unless they're just taking him. To take cap, uh, the Canucks. No one can not, trade with the Canucks right now, so they're not going to trade for Sam Bennett unless you see a Vertanen
0: swap with way down the line, which will do nothing for anyone. Well, old, but, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: But only,
0: here's here's, sorry, James. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna uh, just quickly add to to JJ's point there. Like, literally, yes. If you look at just the Canadian market, the realistically, the team that makes the most sense would be Edmonton Oilers, but um, they are up against the cap hit, right? So they. They would need to make around two million and change in space, so there would have to be another player coming the other way. Yeah, there would have to be another player,
1: as well as like those two teams just won't make that. And trade.
0: probably,
3: it, I'm guessing. So, that, what's Calgary's uh, yeah. biggest need?
0: The, the right
3: now, Cal- Calgary's
1: yeah. honestly is an <laughs> everything virtual. <laughs> But that well, let's save that for another time because we'll have but, the, uh,
3: the one thing so. that keeps coming out is Calgary wants a right shot forward who can score because their right side's depleted. Yeah, is Zucker
2: that, is Zucker right-handed or left-handed? Because i just heard
3: you know, that's He's be, right? that's and be Who's a right-handed right? sniper on Edmonton? Uh, for, for like one.
0: No, <laughs> James Neal. Back
4: no
2: to that. <laughs> Does
1: anyone I'm have a trying. Neil Flames jersey? Uh, uh, okay, if Neil's coming back for Bennett, then Edmonton's gonna have to give up at least one first. There's no, Cal- <laughs> the Flames don't want, want Neil at all. The, the Flames, I think, would rather cut off.
0: The and he doesn't want to than be than that easy.
2: I mean, you yeah. say that Mike Smith and him reunited. Anything's possible. After the don't uh, making a effing save comment <laughs> Neil made to Smith and Calgary, I, I they reunited. So anything's possible.
1: I think there's still some like love and hate loss in that. But Neil Mike Smith has have. all the cards there, because James Neal sucks ass right now. But <laughs> he's on the taxi uh, court, I didn't watch this say, making saves. I did want to say one thing though. That whole thing about the Canadian markets, that only applies if you're a buyer to quarantine. Canadian markets can sell. There's no quarantine in the States. It is hundred percent like if you're a seller uh, in the Canadian they, market,
3: they you do can have to sell. quarantine in the States depending on how they get there. They do. Lanne had to. Is it? The, it's
0: one week. I think it's, so one it's week. the same. So it's the it's same because it used to yeah. be one week down and two weeks up, but now it's one week both ways. Yeah,
3: because the Sabers yeah, picked yeah, up yeah. Kajula off waivers, and he's flying commercial, so he has to quarantine when he gets to Buffalo. And not, Just and not to take Arizona's players Buffalo.
1: That um, even then you're making a push for Sam Bennett. Sam Bennett's not a guy for the regular season. He is garbage in the regular season. He performs well in the playoffs. You don't really care so much about the first week or just two weeks if you're solely picking them up for a deep playoff run. That's the only mm. reason why I could see Sam Bennett having any value is for the playoffs.
2: Man, I can think of a Canadian team that uh, hosted the playoffs last year and didn't do very well. Maybe they need a Which playoff one? warrior. Edmonton, didn't they lose uh, to Chicago? They could really do with a playoff warrior. In I was going to say, the other I was one gonna say Toronto. Yeah, but Toronto got, uh, they got veterans now. Like, they got Simmons. Uh... But
3: Sam Bennett's an Ontario boy.
1: He'd be coming home.
3: And he could post home. his photos yeah, of him in his, like, Toronto pajamas. He'd be reunited with TJ Brody.
2: They got Bogosian, so he's a bit tougher. Uh, Joe Thornton's old. Isn't he? He's not going to. Joe Thornton loves very much.
1: He's gone. No, he didn't.
3: Yeah, he's retiring. He's. no that (laughs) That was april wow did you believe that post sent on april 1st (laughs) what no
2: he's gone Toronto Insider. Yeah, yeah. Your, your your application at TSN's been declined.
3: No, Get bro. Out. Elliot Freeman just texted, texted me. He's gone, bro. Yeah,
2: he's gone. He's gone, bro. <laughs> That's just what he said. No. Oh my gosh. Well, fake news. Fake news gets our wonderful Buffalo Sabers fan yet again. Delusional as always. I, I
3: haven't watched the Canadian division. I don't know who's playing. Man, did, just fly, did they just you fly. believe?
1: That lie for ten whole days.
3: I was just like, "Wow!" And then exposed I mean, yourself. I, can't, I can't believe he's retired. He's gone. I okay. saw that. Went no, not
2: not today. <laughs> nothing, nothing today. No, no one's retired. But he, okay, he's okay. a tougher guy. He's, not he's not still that. playing. I mean, just so everyone knows he's not. I'm not. What I was trying to say is he's not going to drop the gloves with every single player. He's older, but he's a tougher guy. I mean, he'll push people around in the playoffs. They got. I think they got more people for that. They
3: don't need Sam Bennett. I also think Sam Bennett's um, value in the playoffs is low-key like overrated. He's, oh, not, he's not Wayne Gretzky in the playoffs. He's just like Ch- bottom I, six I, I forward will... who hits a bit more.
1: All right, my last point about Sam Bennett before I kind of want to talk about something else, but we say Sam Bennett's not like that. Sam Bennett was like, what, 0. .7 points per game, which isn't great, but his line was him, Lucic, and Dubé in the playoffs. And that's what he did with those guys. So, I mean, he, he definitely steps it up in the playoffs. As he doubled his points per game with Lucic on his line. Not great. But I did want to ask the panel this. Do you think Dallas right now are buyers?
2: Mm, I'm, I'm going to say not buyers or uh, sellers, just because Bishop's been out all year. Um I they could trade people who are UFAs.
0: I'm just going to double check on who those. Yeah, are. like Alexiak but is I don't think one of so. the names I've seen thrown around a lot, and to me that makes sense. Uh, to me, I think that would make sense to go to Toronto, but
2: everyone, everyone's going to Toronto. <laughs> <But this laughs> <was> so, <laughs> uh, okay. you know, I'm going to say I'm going to say conservative seller because they do have some older guys. They have two old guys who are UFAs at the end of this year.
0: They're one thirty five, one thirty
2: three, uh, Cogliano. So they, they'll probably trade them for like bits and pieces. But uh, the, I actually I changed my mind on too. that.
0: Um, Winnipeg, Winnipeg could be a good one for Alexiak. You know, they oh, need some We haven't been some talking about money, Winnipeg, right? Their yeah, key point. thing, right? Um, defense number yeah. one. That's what they need. And uh, Alexiak, he's you know I've watched him. He's a he's a tough guy to play against. He would be a great pickup for uh, even just for a rental this year because he is a UFA. Um, I I think for sure that could be a good match.
2: So, I don't know if Winnipeg will do that.
0: I'm, interested. I, I, I'm
1: very adamant that actually Dallas will not be sellers. They'll be buyers at this deadline. Really? Right now, they're only they're, they're seven points out, but they have three games in hand. And yeah. considering how far they were last year, Stanley Cup final. They definitely don't want to go into a rebuild sure. or be selling guys. I think they're definitely gonna be buyers. Especially right. with the, like the money they've spent on guys like Sagan and Ben.
3: Sure I think it's they just gonna, their time. I think they're just gonna stand pat. Like they realize this season's kinda of been a wash. You know, you make it to the cup final, all your guys are beat up, and then right at the start of the year they get covid, they're sick. Hints has been playing hurt all year. You know, I think they just go. It's a screwed up year. Our guys are beat up. We're just gonna rest, and then next year we're gonna sign someone in free agency, and we're gonna make a full blown push. Bishop's been out all year too, right? Like, if they make all the playoffs, year. I think they'll be happy, but I don't think they're gonna do anything to get there.
2: Now that I've now that I've taken like a much deeper look into it, uh, just to entertain the idea, uh, just when you were talking about Philly at the start of the podcast, and you were saying, um, Austin, you were saying that like. This might be their last chance. This might be their time. Yeah. Well, I, I think Connor was bringing that up just before also. But when I'm looking at some of their players, like this might, and their teams in general, this might be their time. Like it might be the year they have to, because pretty much everyone on this roster, except a few players, are over 30 or pretty close to 30. So, in, including the goalies. So this might be a year where um, Dallas does feel that pressure. But I'm still going to say, seller. I don't think they're going to make it. Interesting. Um, Prove me wrong, Dallas. Prove me wrong.
3: After uh, James bringing up Winnipeg, that does remind me, you know, Winnipeg, they want to make a push. They have a great goalie. They have one of the best forwards in the game, but their defense sucks. They have great pieces. I wouldn't say sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So about a year ago, apparently, according to an insider, that Winnipeg offered a trade to Buffalo, Nikolai Ellers for Rasmus Ristolainen, and Buffalo said No fools on Buffalo
2: the way he's been playing this year yeah he has more so I do wonder
3: now that Buffalo is down and they're going to be selling does Winnipeg circle back to try to get Ristolainen or Montour I mean if you look at their lines
2: uh it'd be Tucker Pullman they could pull out because Ristolainen's right-handed correct
3: yeah yeah big right shot defense exactly
2: so then they could do Morrissey and Ristolainen and that's a lot better than Morrissey, oh, dude, Morrissey
3: and Ristelainen. Holy crap. I just, I That's don't good. know
2: what Winnipeg would give up. Definitely not Ehlers the
3: way he's been playing this
2: year. They're not going to give up Ehlers. 100% not Ehlers. Um Shifley, no. Kyle Connor, no. Stastny, probably not because he's a one-year rental playing well in the second line. No point. Uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, I don't think so. Cops probably not enough. Uh, and then Wheeler's hurt right now, and they won't trade Wheeler. So Do you give
3: away a draft pick and a prospect for, for Line. or I mean for Risto Lina, because Risto signed Risto
2: signed for a year after this, isn't he?
3: Yeah, and he's a young right shot, physical. Although he's a UFA, right? Yeah, mm.
2: that that's something you have to be careful with. Winnipeg is just when you're bringing players in, are they going to want to re-sign at the end? We've seen it in the past. (laughs) Paul Stastny got brought back, which was fantastic to see. But yeah, if if let's say they had a trade where they're not giving up big pieces, draft picks, and they can get Russellainen back, I would want them to still have that discussion with like, hey, uh, how would you feel about staying around hereafter? Because if they just lose him after giving up good draft picks and they don't win, it's going to look like a big fail on their part.
0: Winnipeg has no cap space.
2: Yeah, they have none.
0: So they
3: would have to give
0: some money back
2: yeah and that that's the thing too is where uh you could see pro uh or Prot, probably butchering his name uh he makes a lot of money and doesn't produce very well and it's done at the end of the year so maybe you throw him in and then some traffics the only issue is if you're throwing enough though
3: if you're throwing in a bum. Like if you're like, please take Perot, then you're gonna have to swing the pot a bit more too, right? Well, I mean, not I'm I'm gonna
2: disagree in saying not a bum, because he's been playing third line this year and he's on the penalty kill. So then if yes, he's overpaid. I'm just gonna he's overpaid, but for Winnipeg to then give him up completely, then they're gonna have to replace that third liner. Which their third line's been pretty good this year. And then they're still going to have to give more to see if they can even get the cap space to get Ristelainen. And then they might only have him for a year in like 20 games, not even, if he I doesn't want he to stay. I
3: said not Statsny, but Ristelainen only makes $5.4 million. Statsny mm, makes, 6.5, makes six point five. Yeah, and he was signed because they wanted to have Liney to have a good center. But they've traded Liney for Dubois, mm. who's a center.
2: He's been playing really well this year, though, so... And I don't. I mean, obviously, improving their defense helps, but this just back to the when you replace the third liner guy, then who do they put on the second line to replace him? I know Wheeler's out right now, but when he's back, that will help. But who do you replace on the just second line? I think when you
3: look at their defense, it's just so poor that if they genuinely want to be considered contenders, they have to make a move. Thought, I don't oh, know they're if Ristolainen's Ristol- the move, but a move needs to be made.
1: Well, here's another thing to consider too: there's a lot of defensemen going to the UFA market. And well the playoffs wait. are gonna be weird. You're playing your own division for the first two rounds. I think with how Winnipeg's done against their own division, they might be like, Okay, we're content. We can make a cup final, see how we stack up the playoff series, then we'll make a move.
2: Let's yeah, do nothing crazy and then use that six million that was on Stasny and uh, I believe it was like four point five or four point two five as well on pro. Take that. Get a defenseman. I know it's hard to get UFAs in Winnipeg, but Maybe that's, that's another thing you got to think
3: about. You got to, you know, who's going to want to go to Winnipeg?
2: Exactly. But then so, at that yeah, point still you don't even want to go. Would we show even want to go? Does he have a no trade? I, I think don't he think he
3: does, but they, if they went to risk it like, "Hey, we're thinking about trading too, he just he already says yes. He's already. Yeah, Drew, he just wants to get out of Buffalo. He's, he's like, like, "Wait, this you, yeah. I've already sold my house." Like, I, <laughs> so I, jokes I don't, he don't even care. bought a
1: place, yeah. <laughs> we brought up this idea earlier. Um what do you guys think about Vince Dunn to Winnipeg? An RFA, Winnipeg gets control, and it makes more sense because you have the a better chance of signing him as opposed to an R- a UFA.
3: Vince Dunn would be the dream for Winnipeg, but the issue with Winnipeg is they have really good high top-end prospects, you know, Vili Hanola, uh, Cole Perfetti, and then they just have a bunch of bums. They don't really have any middle guys that you need to get you know, yourself a Vince Dunn. So they're either going to overpay for him or somehow swindle St. Louis. Potentially. If they even
2: make that trade, because uh,
3: again, Canada-America border. <laughs> uh,
2: makes it so less interesting, doesn't it?
3: With all the all these little things that might happen. Although, on the other hand, something that we haven't been talking about, and I think this might be very interesting, and this definitely affects goalies more than players, is there a competitive edge getting a player that you have not seen all the year?
2: Uh, yes, I'm going to pull out my Arizona fact book here. Uh, Arizona won a shootout because Colorado took Buffalo's goalie who had never watched Dvorak take a shot and Dvorak does the same move every time and it fooled him. So obviously in the playoffs, they're going to be doing a bit more research and on higher end players, but I don't think it'll be that big of an edge just because, uh, like we've seen him in Buffalo playing. Year for years, especially teams out East, like Toronto, Montreal, who are going to be uh, the main competitors, well, I guess Edmonton as well, against Winnipeg. So they've all seen him play for a long time, if we're just talking about Ristolainen. If we're talking about anyone, it could be if they're like East-West, I think, like traditional standings. That could be a move that maybe it's like, whoa, who's this guy? Or I didn't see that before. But generally no, I think, especially in playoffs, they're going to do lots of scouting. Well, on the players. And there's
0: still a month between trade deadline and end of season that's a lot of time to get them you know view them and then the amount of work that goes into like you say jj you know the scouting and reviewing video clips and stuff like that like i think there'll be enough data like in that month uh
2: like just to use bennington as an example they didn't have footage because there was no footage where if they traded for like let's say st louis all of a sudden had like mike smith let's just say mike smith was their goalie just because i love using him as an example um They would have years of footage even though even though uh, you've been playing up in Canada playing them only a couple times they would have footage or let's say it was uh, an Eastern goalie let's say Anderson got traded to st. Louis there would still be that footage even though a lot of Western teams wouldn't know the player or their how the goalie does what their weaknesses etc kind of like Koskinen Uh, they just watched his footage from the KHL uh, sorry, KHL, right? I might be wrong on that. Or yeah, before. Yeah, he's in KHL. Uh, yeah. I just want to make sure he, yeah, I didn't get that wrong. Um, and they realized his glove hand up high was pretty weak. And then he's worked on it a lot, to his credit. But the footage was there. Where Bennington, there wasn't footage. So I think that will make a huge difference uh, with that edge, which I don't think there will be that edge if they've already been
3: playing professionally. One team I could see making a trade with the Jets, just looking at the roster. And this would help a CERN team out with the expansion draft coming up. And I, this might just sound gross to the ears at first, but really give it some thought. Mark Giordano to Winnipeg. He has
2: two years that.
3: left, though, doesn't he? <laughs> Jimbo, can you at least pretend to like your captain? <laughs> Dude's smiling. Know. He's about to throw his Giordano jersey on the ice. <laughs> yeah. He's about to be like, uh, sign me up
2: yesterday. Uh, yeah.
3: I think that'd be a bad
2: trade for uh, Winnipeg, to be honest, because he's signed next year as well. So then you have a pretty he's, old guy He's signed
0: until yeah. he's like 39 or 40, if I remember correctly. So. But he
3: hasn't slowed down. He also really has a no-trade clause, he, he, so the odds of him going to
0: Winnipeg down. aren't very high.
1: G- Giordano's been a big defensive liability for a lot of reasons. And his offense has dried up. Yeah. He's definitely so down. Yeah, we'll... And he's
2: left handed. So you'd have to play him second pairing with Pionk, who's mostly offensive. So if he's defensively not reliable, Pionk. that's a big that's a big downgrade. No, Pionk's been pretty good this year. And him with Forbert has been a good combination. Forbert's been that almost like that Mark Mathot to Carlson. Wait, Forbert's on the second pair. Yes. Yeah, no, he, he's been good this year. Like, he's just been the defensive stud, and then Pionk's the offense. And sometimes, to that's be honest, need. I would love uh, Forbert if he shot right in Buffalo to play with Dallin. He set a franchise record for most block shots in a game this yeah, year with 11. That's, that was pretty I nuts. Mean, I mean, I, this mean, I is guess if guy, you're a pylon, that's
3: the best you can do, but. He does block wow. a lot of shots. No respect bro. for <laughs> top four pairing defenseman
2: in the NHL. Top four on wow.
3: Winnipeg.
2: Last year in yeah, Calgary. Sometimes he was a it fits. scratch. Sometimes yeah. the system fits. Um like with Arizona, Labushkin always plays with OEL. Is it cuz he's the second best defenseman in the on the yes. Coyotes? No. Yes. Well, yes, <laughs> but no. It's because he plays really well with OEL, where a lot of the other guys don't play as well and it really brings him up and you see this like uh with ramus anderson the flames i know now he's a lot better than when he first started well i guess maybe not this year but he this would always play with geo terrible. he would always play with geo even when he wasn't the big name when he wasn't the big money man he would play with geo because it was just a good fit and sometimes like, arguably, good fits are better
3: um, anderson has been the worst flame this year if you look solely based on analytics he's
1: been bad but the flames probably won't give up on him considering he's young and again It's a COVID year.
3: I don't think they have a choice. They signed them for how long?
1: Six years, I believe. At like 4.6 million or something like that. 4.5. Yeah. For five years. Five years. Mm. Yeah, five
2: years. 4.5. Yeah, Yeah, go ahead.
3: An interesting thing that has come out of Calgary, actually, and this was a bit early in the year, was apparently there's been a falling out with the team in Kachuk. Mm. So I do wonder if you guys think probably not for the deadline, but going into the off season, do you think a move could no. happen there? These no, because the core. Yeah. No.
0: One hundred percent no. But um, that's definitely something we can ponder in uh, the doghouse episode three. The... Yeah. I'm just going gonna, gonna say no,
2: because the the core is like like James said it earlier. The core isn't a winning team. So then to like get rid of him and then everyone else just wouldn't make wouldn't make sense. Yeah. I, do, I actually do have one question. And it's kind yeah. of similar to Connor's uh, about Dallas. How do you guys feel about the Sharks? Because they are actually not as far off as we all think they are. They're they, are they are close. They are. They have. They have. They played thirty-eight games. The Blues have played thirty-nine. The Coyotes have played forty, and they are only five points off from the Coyotes. And this is a team that's strapped with big contracts. So, do you guys think that they, they might make a move? Yeah, exactly. Do you think because they're like they have to be good now? Do you think they're going to make moves and try to be better, or do you think they're just going to stick with the team they got,
1: go, if we make it, we make it. If we don't, we don't. See, here's the issue I'm running with that is San Jose's like, GM and kind of like president and their ownership kind of is like, oh, yeah, we're going to move in like more of a rebuilding direction. And Carlson said he doesn't want to be a part of that. That was a big headline. It's like, I don't want to be a part of the same thing I went through in Ottawa. right? Obviously, whether that's his fault or not, it is, but um... – <laughs> the thing with san jose is is like if they decide to become buyers who does that mean that their stars gain just a tremendous amount of power over the say of the direction of their franchise
3: i don't think so i think like it's not even eric carlson that makes them change it's that couture signed for seven more years at eight million with the no movement clause Kane for five more years at seven million with a no movement clause. Hurdle five year, uh, two years for five million, no movement clause. Uh, their top three defensemen, all no movement clauses, all signed for at least five more years at over seven million each. Like they and the youngest one's
2: thirty. Yeah, and the young,
3: like they do not have a choice. <laughs> they have to do something with this core, right? Oh my gosh,
2: Jones's contract. Hmm. I, I forgot. I, oh my gosh.
1: I was just looking at what uh, San Jose's current cap space is. Hear Hall. me out, Taylor Hall, to San I Jose. I was just about to say <laughs> every team in the NHL. Taylor Hall, He's going gone. Buffalo home. wouldn't need to retain. San Jose could afford it. San Jose has about 8.8 8 million in cap space right now.
3: I'm looking. <laughs> they, I actually, funny enough, while you guys were talking, I pulled up their lines to see if Taylor Hall was a fit. It almost feels like the summer again when we're like, which team's going to sign Hall? Where would he be a fit? We're right back there. <laughs> it's just a repeat. That's but on that second line. They have Rudolph Balsers playing on the left wing, and he's really been struggling. Like their left wing, besides Evander Kane, is a really big drop. And tell me a line of Taylor Hall, Thomas Hurdle, and Timo Meyer wouldn't be sexy. That would, it would be, be pretty
2: And Now that I've looked at Jones's contract, there's no way because their goaltending's just not good enough. Uh,
3: it, uh, it's a pure rental. Pure rental. Just, not good enough. Pure like rental, they, yeah, just to make it, a push.
2: Yeah, but at that point, then, you might as well just start the rebuild early. There's no point making the playoffs and then getting completely destroyed in the first round because your team's not good enough and your goaltending's not good enough. Yeah, you don't want to give up any
0: any progress in the rebuild, right, or something yeah. like that. I don't so you've got to be it kind of forced in progress in this rebuild uh, I well, mean,
1: another thing to consider is if they make the playoffs, they play Colorado first.
2: Well, I guess, right. Austin, uh, just to sum it up, it's like if you're digging yourself a hole, there's a point where you stop and you put the shovel down well then you realize how do i get out of the hole where if they just keep digging they'll never have that moment where they're like okay now is the time to maybe even 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 with these bad contracts and everything now is the time to like shift that way because if they just keep digging
3: like this like mess this is the gm's like masterpiece so he cannot go okay we're gonna rebuild because he's out like his job's done so he might actually push to buy even if they shouldn't just to save his job, right? Well, I like think that'd every be a bad year visit. Pittsburgh made trades. They gave away their first round pick for the past like what five years just to try to win another cup.
2: Yeah, but San Jose doesn't have Crosby and Melkin on their team.
3: No, but they're they're trying to sell to the owners and their fans that Couture and Hurdle can be that. But
2: they're nowhere near. I mean, they don't have they're, three. Set they're reps. nowhere near. It. They have no, no three
3: absolutely. Reps. They have zero. But they have to make that sell, right? They have to go in. And so I think I, think there's I agree a with Connor cell. on this one. I think I could see San Jose maybe i don't think they're going to be the ones who land them but i can see them feeling the water for a taylor hall
1: so another thing to consider um, we mentioned this way earlier about chicago weaponizing their cap space there are mm-hmm. three other teams that could weaponize their cap space new jersey 36 million dollars current cap space los angeles 33 million current cap space detroit 30 million in current cap space if you need to, Like if you are strapped for cash, you need to sign a big contract, or you need just like that rental like Taylor Hall, but you can't afford eight million. Those teams could easily help Mm -hmm. you out, even if it's just for the one year.
3: I mean, LA too, like, they've handled their rebuild so goddamn well. Like, it's been insane how many picks and stuff they have. Yeah, they have and for them to even coop up more, it'd be Like, this year's draft, they have their first... They have two seconds, two-thirds, and a fourth from Calgary. Like, they're great at getting picks. They have one of the best prospect pools in the leagues. I can see them, you know, definitely getting in there. And so, almost interesting to build off Connor's point, and this might be crazy, does LA help some teams in trade to, you know, get some things? You know, do they go to Toronto and go like, hey, for a second-round pick, we'll take some cap from you so you can get that trade? And then... Do they take a run at Eichel.
2: I just want to quickly add, uh, Chicago doesn't have as much cap as we think because they have five players on LTIR and only one of them is not going to play again. So they don't have as much cap as we think.
3: But they do want to weaponize whatever they have. But definitely not as much as they think.
2: They would have to be careful because if Taves comes back, that's 10.5 back. Uh, Shaw, 3.9. Zach Smith, that's only one year, but 3.25. I don't 2. think Shaw
3: will come back, but yeah, definitely Taves is the to one. Because Seabrook work. said he was done, right? I'm pretty sure yeah. he said he was Seabrook done. Retired. So
2: that one's fine. Nealander yeah. doesn't even make a million, Seabrook that's fine. Seabrook
3: and Thorne retired together this year. Crazy. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
2: one, of, one of those, of course, is true.
1: Uh, I'm going to repeat something that the Athletic recently wrote about Eichel and all the trade rumors about Eichel. If the Sabres trade Eichel, they push the rebuild back another five years, and it's true. You, yeah, this no, is absolutely. this is a stellar player. You need him to make the playoffs. You don't and want to set that record. It's not
0: something that there's any pressure at all on Buffalo to do before the trade deadline. Like there mm-hmm. would be no reason for them to do it before Monday. Like why? why? No, no. At least do no it in whatsoever. the summer. Like there's zero reason for them to do it. Right now,
3: I just think I'm just looking at their cap. I'm like, if there's only two teams in the league that have the assets to go after Eichel, and LA's one of them. And yeah, I wonder if they just they go fuck it. We're gonna make a cup, we're gonna make a cup push this year. We're doing kind of good. Let's let's do it. Let's go all in. Be
2: a bit late this year though, wouldn't it?
3: (laughs) Especially because he's hurt. How far of a playoff spot are they right now? Uh, I'm pretty sure they're
2: last. Or no, the Ducks are last.
0: 'Cause I thought um, they were
3: pretty close. Like Doughty was having a really good year.
0: Thirty-six Let's points, see. they're seventh in the division. No, they're second last.
3: No. Oh my god, Doughty is signed for yeah. seven more years at eleven million. I mean I mean okay, they have two less points
2: than the Sharks in the same amount of games played, but Yeah. Again, I don't think they're a winning team. There'd be no point. Trade all these prospects for Eichel just to push, who can't even play this year. Probably won't return this year.
3: Not worth it. Well, I mean, you have it for four years. He's still signed, right?
1: Yeah, but you like a player you'd have to probably give up to get a player like Eichel would be a guy like Byfield. Just from a marketing standpoint and for a development standpoint, that is incredibly risky. This guy is going to be a stud in the league, and he is perfect for like, the LA Kings in so many categories. It really doesn't make any sense.
3: It would be a Byfield Plus trade. Like yeah. I know um this summer when the Rangers called Buffalo they're like what's it going to cost for Eichel they said the first overall pick plus so it would definitely be you know a trade of magnitude that we haven't seen in so long which I kind of hope for to be honest maybe not with Eichel but you know we don't get to see those fun trades anymore you know like what did we just see today Riley Nash for a conditional 7th a traditional cool. okay. <laughs> He's got to cover uh, Joe's spot, I guess. But I love uh,
2: like in baseball when it's just like cash considerations, or even in NHL when it's like mm, future there considerations. Might be, yeah, there might yeah. be something, but right, man, I understand probably... that. Um, it's just I, teams I... shaking each other or scratching each other in the back when they need to
0: tap tap, yeah. yeah. Okay, so to end off the podcast episode here, we're all going to give uh, two trade predictions for the upcoming deadline on Monday. We're going to give one, one trade that we think is going to happen, a realistic trade, and then we're also going to give uh, an insane trade uh, that we think is very unlikely to happen, but we want to happen. So, um, Austin, why don't we start with you? What are your trade predictions for this upcoming Monday?
3: Okay, so I'm, for my realistic one, I'm just going to keep this very simple, you know, one that everyone's talking about, and I'm going to say Taylor Hall is going to go to Boston for a first-round pick, and John Beecher, who's a prospect of Boston. I know they usually don't really care that much about their prospects. John Beecher, he's a big center who's pretty fast, but he doesn't have a lot of offensive upside. He reminds me a lot of Tage Thompson who Buffalo got in the Ryan O'Reilly trade. So I think he would just be a perfect little squeak in there. And then I believe that for our, you know, cap situation, we'll retain on Hall, you know, just to make the numbers work. And yeah, I think that's going to be a very realistic trade that we're going to see come through. In terms of my crazy trade, I'm going to say that Rasmus Ristolainen, Taylor Hall, uh, Lannis Olmark and Sam Reinhardt are going to go to Winnipeg for Cole Perfetti, Kyle Connor, two first round picks, and like salary retained on Cal um, Connor for Kyle like, Connor. I think like two years. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say is my nutso trade. I think we're going to do a full like swap of our first few lions, and then you're going to put Reinhardt with like Dubois and have all mark back up hella buck it's a I'll bit out you, there but i can i can see it
0: i'll give you one thing that was a huge stretch that was pretty <laughs> that was insane <laughs> it's never That's gonna happen but mind. <laughs>
3: i mean i know it's not gonna happen in terms like you definitely gotta work out some draft picks you know if i got a half hour i could probably do the math and figure it out but i definitely think it's going to be like a six-man trade for sure
1: i don't know if that trade is like even with the draft picks man you gotta think about the cap
3: that well, that cap wise is just
1: nuts. It's definitely
3: going to be some numbers to crunch. But the main pieces are wrist alignment for Kyle Connor. That's really what we're trying Fair to. Fair enough. Here.
0: That's that's pretty bold. Connor, what do you got?
3: All right. So, in
1: terms of realistic trades, um, I've got James or no, sorry, Jonathan Bernier from Detroit going to Colorado for a third round pick. Oh, I didn't even think of that.
3: That's a um, very, very reasonable one.
1: It's a rental. It's an older, established goalie. Colorado needs backup. And honestly, like a third-round pick for Bernier, who's a guy that might walk after posting up a 9-10 save percentage for Detroit. you got nothing to lose if you're Detroit, honestly. And that gives Colorado some goaltending depth that they would love to see. Um, mm-hmm. My crazy trade would be Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monahan to Philadelphia for <laughs> Nolan Patrick and Travis Konechny. A center and a winger and a center and a winger. That's it. Wow. No, no picks, no nothing.
3: <laughs> I think that was a very uh, fair trade, to be honest.
1: I don't. Two first line players for a
2: player who is struggling on the fourth line in a healthy scratch, and you're just hoping he becomes really good
1: again. It, it, like, it's he, a retool it's for both. It's a retool for both teams. It's a fil- and you're bringing back a Philadelphia boy to the Flyers. Like, what's it. not to love? I'm all. For I it.
2: think Philly would win that trade if that was a trade. Um, all right, for my trade that I can see happening, it's a little. It's a little bit of a cap crunch, but I think we can make it happen. It's going to be with the Winnipeg Jets and the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Just us talking about wrist alignment earlier and looking at that defensive pairing has made me like, "Mm, that's just so beautiful. Um, He signed for another year, which makes sense for Winnipeg's perspective because they're definitely going to want to keep him. Again, right-handed, so he plays with Morrissey. Uh, The Jets, all they'd have to give back cap-wise is uh, Matthew Pro. Um, And then maybe like a depth guy or just Buffalo retain a little bit of salary, although I don't think they'll do that. Uh, Then that trade makes sense cap-wise. Value, obviously Buffalo's still losing this trade. So I would say that Winnipeg throw in a first because I think they think they're going to be a competitive playoff team, especially with this move. And uh, maybe a second Mm -hmm. or conditional second slash third. So that's my trade that I want to see happen slash think could happen. I know it's a bit of a reach. Uh, but my other one that I want to see happen isn't this big, isn't that big of a reach. So I think I even out in the end. And it's Taylor Hall, so Buffalo again, uh, going to Colorado for Brandon Sot. If Buffalo retain 50% of the salary, it makes sense cap-wise. All Colorado has to do then is throw in their first because they know they're going to be a good team. They know they don't need a prospect right now desperately. And then they can even throw in a third – uh, that can be conditional. That turns into a second in 2023, because that's when they have their next second, if they need to. And I think that's within the realm of reasonable, <laughs> just cap wise. So that's why I'm going to say that. And sod has been struggling a little bit, so I want to see it happen.
3: Interesting. Very. <laughs> Mine <laughs> are like both like little reaches. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're not. They're not out there though. Yeah, I know. I kind of just kept two. I can see both of those happening, to be honest. Yeah,
2: that's why I, I kind of, like, had this one locked in mind, or the Jets one locked in mind, sorry. And then I was like, yeah, I want to see that on Colorado. So let's do it.
0: All right, now, last but not least, Jimbo, what you got for us? Okay, so my first one here, one I think is likely to happen. It's not the most interesting one, but uh, I have Montour going to the Florida Panthers for, you know, I'm not sure who exactly, but a prospect and, you know, say a second or a third or something. So, um, you know, obviously we know the need is there for the Panthers since uh, Ekblad is gone. So I
2: like that. I um, like that a yeah, lot. bolster the D, yeah.
0: That's my reasonable one. And my exciting one would be a real headliner, I think. So, Taylor Hall. But where does he go? <laughs> Edmonton Oilers four Ryan oh, Nugent Hopkins and a second whoa so
2: they just they whoa. bring back Taylor Hall they just go heck it yeah. first line that's all actually I guess what they could do is make David Hall dryhe drops back down a second line Center they then that could that could make sense actually
3: even better <laughs> they do the, even resign they do the yield Taylor Hall for Nugent Hopkins the trade is one for one
0: they could but there'd be a cap issue Oh, you know. Well, no, Well, they could retain, retain some salary. Retain. Yeah, retain so, retain some salary. One for one, one for one. But um, I feel. Like I mean, I'll take Buffalo a second. Who would want a, a just a little bit of a sweetness to that, in my opinion? But um, they would have the to Nuge. make sure
2: that Nuge signs, though, because he's a UFA. So that'd be the biggest and, thing.
0: Uh, they're both UFAs. They've you know, mm-hmm.
3: crazy. Even like um to add on to it, they do like the good old trade and sign. So like. You see the trade go through, and then like five minutes later, it's like Nuge has signed an extension. Hall has signed an extension, and they're the same. They're the same. Six years, like six, a years like six, amount six of time.
2: mil. That that would not be bad for Edmonton, honestly. Six mil. If I Hall love Hall that for.
3: I,
0: Hall. Hall, though, that I love
3: that for both teams, to be honest. I think that's a
2: really, really strong trade. Because then Hall can just replace what Drysaddle's doing on the first line, and then Drysaddle just goes back to doing what he normally does, which would be amazing. Back with his second line. And then Edmonton has two really good lines again. That gives yep. Buffalo, too, the
3: perfect second line center.
2: If he signs. I think that that would be the biggest signs. thing if because he's signs. UFA. So why would he be like Buffalo <laughs> at the end of my career? But but that would uh, be awesome for Edmonton, in my
1: opinion. I mean, you just still got a lot of career left. But I just wanted to go. Speaking of Hull again, I mean, if let's say he doesn't get traded. Does Buffalo somehow win this like draft lottery?
3: Mm. Interesting thought. <laughs> True. And never
1: if once, he gets. A pick. But but here's the thing if he gets traded at the deadline, does that luck run out? Because Arizona acquired him at the deadline last year. So mm. did they not get it because they didn't get the whole year?
3: See. Well, they didn't have a pick, which didn't help. I mean, but. yeah. But. <laughs> My sweet dreams that I tell myself every night before I go to bed is Buffalo trades Taylor Hall to St. Louis for their first. And St. Louis misses the playoffs and they win the lottery. <laughs> so Buffalo has picks one and two.
2: Revenge for a um, revenge yeah, for and winning uh, a cup. Yeah, yeah a, uh, taking O'Reilly. to Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> the, yeah, but I is, feel like I feel like the more realistic option is you do that and they win another cup and they win Buffalo a second cup. like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo's
1: like, we're done trading with you guys. Sorry.
3: I do want and to Taylor bring up. Taylor Hall uh, signs like six years for four million one last thing a little bit of contention i have with you guys you know i got i got a bit of heat for saying that nolan patrick might go uh on the real kipper show at noon which is nick kiprios's show he is hearing that the flyers are actively shopping nolan patrick hard this deadline mm. Dude,
1: I'm just saying, my trade is looking better and better right now. Yeah.
3: When fans hear Nolan Patrick's name called Monday, they heard it here first on the Doghouse Podcast.
1: Yeah, oh. Nolan Patrick, Konechny, Goudreau, Monaghan. Let's make it happen, boys.
2: Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, the Flames wouldn't even have to pay that much for, for him. And He's at so... an all-time low, and they want to get rid of him, apparently. No, so.
1: but you get Konechny. That's what makes it even mm connecting yeah. is worth probably uh, <laughs> close to both and then yeah. you get patrick uh, i don't know both two first liners i know they're not
2: the best first liners in the world and we like to crap on them a lot but i feel like that's a lot to give up
3: to end the show off i i do want to offer a trade to someone in this in this panel uh jimbo i'm gonna offer you my dog apollo uh for your dog Louie. trade is one for one one for one. I saw him
0: come in the background there uh, early in the show.
3: <laughs> he wants to. He's in for the trade. He's trying to, you know, he can open if, doors. Actually, can i can open that. Yeah, he
0: can open doors. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, can, he can
3: open knob doors by pulling them. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's did, actually scary. Did, did he open your door when he came in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was him just opening the door.
2: He'll, and he'll let himself out, too.